Hello, Bill. Good morning, Matt. Welcome to the DMZ, everybody. A little early. Tuesday DMZ. Yes. Uh, my schedules, thank you for accommodating me. My schedule this week is different, but I, I thought that because I've seen a lot of debate stuff mm -hmm. on Twitter, and it, it feels like it would not be premature for us to weigh in this week. So thank you. <laughs> well, I, I feel bad. I haven't been able to you know park myself in front of a TV and like watch every debate start to finish. So I, but perhaps that gives me the perspective of a, of a regular voter who only gets these things in bits and pieces. I think that's right. I mean, the average person is not even even the average person in Ohio is not going to watch the entire J.D. Vance, you know, debate. Um, and so they're going to see what we saw, probably, mm -hmm. which are the clips of it. And uh, so there was the Ohio debate. Um, there was a uh, obviously not an Arizona debate um, <laughs> there, but 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 a CNN appearance. Um, there was uh, Utah. And uh, where else? Oh, oh Herschel Georgia. Walker, and, and certainly in one or two debates, and then one debate he didn't attend. Right. We've seen there's been a few things happening since we last chatted. Uh, and I don't, you know, I, it's funny because there's obviously a lot of attention around Katie Hobbs, the Democratic gubernatorial nominee in Arizona, refusing to debate Republican Carrie Lake. Uh, and I think if you watch the other debates, you might say to yourself, okay, maybe this really isn't necessary. Maybe there's really not a, a grand exchange of ideas going on here with these debates. They're, you know, they're, they're exchanges of zingers uh, and opportunities for, for props and violation of debate rules and trying to create viral moments. Yes. Well, uh, you, you, okay. The prop thing, I think we should spend a second on. And by the way, I mean, I, I don't want to make this show just, just us making fun of Herschel Walker, but you know he. I should. You know what? I should have had my dad's badge as a prop <laughs> <laughs> because, like, Herschel Walker seems to think that if you, know, it's like, it's like when my kids were little and and they would get on an airplane and the pilot would give them those like little plastic pilot's wings, and then my my son thinks he can fly the plane. <laughs> um, just having a badge in and of itself does not deputize you to actually mm -hmm. have policing powers any more than a normal citizen might under citizen's arrest sort of stuff, as far as I know. And in fact, Herschel Walker's campaign I, I, is going to use badges as props, I read, that they're going to send out, I don't know, to donors or somebody, you know, these Herschel Walker badges, which I think just underscores the ridiculousness of it. Like, does that deputize you to run the campaign? Well, couldn't be any worse. Well, you you definitely have. Uh, I think this is this is a byproduct of, of of Trump that people are Republicans are thinking. Yes, my my friend my friend Van Applegate calls this trickle down Trumpism. Yeah, that's that's a good. Way and I think it's a good term. Uh, you double down, you triple down, no matter how ridiculous. Uh, Never apologize, uh, and you know, snub, sneer at the media, sneer at the narrative, uh, and your loyalist will will buy in. Uh, and I, I am less confident it's going to work in Walker's favor. I mean, things you you really need to have a big enough base of loyalists to pull that off, and Trump only had that base one time. 
And even then, just barely enough. It, it was not enough of a strategy to work two times. Uh, now, Kerry Lake is sort of an interesting, you know, you know, DeSantis obviously has been able to take things pretty far in, in Florida uh, and seemingly about to get away with it, uh, though he is definitely, uh, I think, buoyed by just an insane uh, cash disparity. You're talking like, you know, 50 or more to one. Uh, Carrie Lake, uh, and, this, and, this, and this ties into the whole question, should Katie Hobbs debate or not? Um, you know, on one hand, you could say, yeah, look, debates are stupid. They're, they're, they're totally overblown as important. They almost never move the needle. But you at least got to go through the motions or else you look like you're, you're running scared. So just take your lumps and, you know, get it out of the way. Uh, the and look as it stands, you know, the most the two most recent polls I've seen, Lake was up by three, although Hobbs has been up in other polls. Uh, they've now done two TV appearances, national TV appearances, side by side, so not debates, but one then the other. And in the last, and look, Katie Hobbs does not come off great in any of these TV appearances, like, she is not a sure-footed candidate. She's not a gaff machine. She doesn't say crazy, stupid things. She, I mean, she's, she's, she's straining to stay on message. And so she ums a lot. Um, so it doesn't come across as very, very fluid. Uh, whereas Carrie Lake is 22 year TV anchor from Phoenix. Like does her own makeup, has her home studio. Uh, never yeah, her, her, her home studio her puts this to this to shame. Oh, let me... studio puts CNN studio to shame. You know, she... <laughs> I know. Really? How is she doing that? It's it's so good. She's a, let, she's... Me go, let me just let me let me. Well, I, I just want to pan here real quick uh, for for those at all watching because um, the new uh, the Zencaster setup it, it's only usually showing us with like the bookshelf behind us, but uh, this is where the magic happens. Right. I'm in a, not that big of a room, <laughs> and I got uh, I don't know if, what you can see, but we've got some Churchill. Uh, and I got Jim Didion over here, but even with this bill, and I put a lot of time into, uh, well, you're not, you're uh, not doing your own makeup. You need your own makeup, Matt. Um, I need a whole team of people for this. And, and she is, she's impressive. As, well, as but let me see, bring this one thing. Now I, I do not, I'm not saying this is the end of Carrie Lake because I, I, don't, I don't nearly have the evidence to say that, but, uh, what's the news out of the CNN appearances? Not that Katie Hobbs gave kind of a meh performance like she always gives. It's that Carrie Lake, when asked multiple times, will you accept the results of the election, win or lose, she refuses to answer directly, only saying, I'm going to win and I will accept that result. Now, Fair point, Bill, but but where do, where do people rank that? The last time I checked, it's like the economy's way up here, inflation's way up here. And then way down here is democracy and abortion. Now, and, I think democracy and crime. and crime. Crime is continually low in all these issue polls. But as we have seen, if somebody says, if some, if a Democrat says something, defund the police-ish or progressive parole-ish, and in some cases, not even saying anything at all, but just Republicans making stuff up. Uh, I mean, the clearest example is Mandela Barnes, who did who who said certain things that are being used against him, even though crime is low as an issue set. So you can take something that's low on an issue set, 
give give the Republican Party enough fodder, give the opposite party enough fodder, and it can be elevated to raising the question, are you just fundamentally out of the mainstream here, even though it's not otherwise my top issue. So I can't I, I can't I can't say at I this wish, point. I wish it mattered. Well well I'm all I, I'm I, saying I, is all I'm saying I don't is think it, it matters is, as much as it, it may does. not. It totally may not. But I do think it is an open question whether uh, Carrie Lake is this going to be a referendum on will Katie Hobbs debate or not? I mean, it's all like debates rate high in, in polling, as far as we know. We don't, we don't even know it hasn't even been polled. Um, or is the referendum on is Katie Ho- is Carrie Lake able to run a Democratic state? If this becomes a referendum on Carrie Lake, perhaps because Katie Hobbs didn't take that bait and didn't give Carrie Lake the chance to make this a referendum on Hobbs, then then Katie Hobbs is going to look pretty smart at the the end of the day. But uh, all I know is we had at least some headlines. The the only headlines about the CNN appearances was what Carrie Lake said. Now, when I scan... Arizona websites, Arizona news sites. I barely find anything about the governor's race at all. <laughs> it's all about yeah, like this got you the fact that you noted that got you a like from Carrie Lake. Yeah, I know that's very upsetting on Twitter. Um, I mean, because uh, I mean, because Katie Hobbs is trying to make something about what uh, Carrie Lake said, and so she she was like, Arizonans are reading these headlines. This was a tweet of Katie Hobbs. But it was a New York Times and a CNN and a USA Today headline. I'm like, there's no Arizona headlines here. Now, Carrie Lake not only liked my tweet or someone on her team liked my tweet. She then did her own quote tweet of Katie Hobbs with a whole bunch of other headlines. Most of which were also not Arizona headlines. It's all, it's all national headlines about Democrats spreading about Katie Hobbs. Um, so I, I just don't know if Arizonans in general care about this race in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. <laughs> Even though perhaps like our entire democracy rests upon Arizona being able to handle a presidential election in two years. All right, let me pause for a second. Your audio has been super bad just now. A lot of static. Um, and what I like people to do is go patreon.com slash Bill Share <laughs> and contribute because um, Bill got a new computer and these new fangled computers do not have USB ports, so he needs to get uh, an adapter for the microphone, and they can be purchased. I have an Anchor one that I just got, um, but uh, you should do that and and uh, help help keep the pirate ship afloat. <laughs> so if, if, if that's where it sounded static, I think it's when I'm raising my voice that these AirPod mics can't handle it. It must be. And I like you raising. I like the animated bill, but I can't. See, I can't cut this up and use this uh, on, the, on the tweets if, if we've got the static. Uh, so anyway, Bill, I will say this. Here's another thing that I don't think is going to matter electorally, probably. Uh, but it's something that, that bothers me and that I'm paying attention to. And as you know, I've been very critical of uh, of Republicans, uh, Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, um, and sort of how ridiculous they are. And also the uh, Carrie Lake with the election denier stuff is, is horrible. But the Democrats bill, and I've seen clips in just the recent days of Katie Hobbs, John Fetterman, 
Uh, and who else? Oh, Warnock. and Raphael Warnock. Warnock. All three of them will refuse to say if there should be any limits whatsoever on abortion. And to me, uh, you know, and again, I'm somebody who's in a special place. I'm someone who's pro-life and pro-democracy. Imagine that, Bill. <laughs> you could have both of those things in one person. It's amazing, actually. And uh, But just as I have a real hard time supporting Republicans who uh, deny the 2020 election and possibly future elections, I have a hard time with people who are not willing to say there should be any limits at all. That seems like a very radical outside the mainstream position to take. And again, three of them that I know of by my count. So well, now, I don't think it's going to matter electorally, but it matters to me. I mean, yeah, two of those people are winning right now, Fetterman and, and Warnock. Uh, so I don't have a lot of evidence that this is a electorally fatal position to take. Now, let's let's be clear about this, though. Uh, so I think all those three, and I think, I'll, and I've seen, the other, I've seen other Democrats do this too, when asked, when asked that question, you know, they don't say, Yes, I believe abortion is okay up until the very last moment of birth. You know, they don't they don't they don't use that phrasing. Yeah, they won't uh, say it, but they won't. What, what they say is, uh, I think this should be a decision that remains between the woman uh, and the doctor, and government should stay out of it, uh, and they kind of leave it at that. Well, Raphael now, Warnock has a much more flowery. There's not enough. To remember not how not, it not, is. There's not enough room in the cramped uh, space of a. <laughs> hospital room, right. there's not enough space for the doctor and the woman and the United States federal government, something like that. It's obviously, it's a well, he's, this is a well-rehearsed soundbite um, that I think is A, a dodge. He's not answering the question. And B, I just don't think it makes plausible sense. Is the way I treat my kids now they're 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 born, but is the way I treat them is, is our house big enough for the government to be in? If if I killed one of them, you know what I mean? Like, is 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 there enough room for the federal government to be in this house if that were to happen? Uh, you know, I mean, government is involved. Is he a libertarian? Is he an anarchist? Is he a libertarian on everything or just on this issue? You know what I'm saying? Here here here's if I was in their position. Number one, I, I think is actually what they would actually do in practice. Again, I'm, and granted, I'm 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 injecting my own opinion into this, but that my guess is they would actually behave this way. Um, and I think is what they actually mean. Um, what I would what I would say more explicitly, if I was put in that position, is number one. We don't have a problem with late-term abortions. Very, very few abortions are late-term, and in almost every circumstance, because there's some very severe medical complication uh, that threatens the life or the health of, of, of the mother, or that the fetus is uh, not expected to uh, survive. Uh, and I trust doctors who stand by the Hippocratic Oath to be able to uh, uh, handle those situations without a ham-fisted regulatory regime created by the government. Now, if I'm in a governor's chair and a bill comes to my desk 
that does try to put some regulatory uh, parameters around when late-term abortions can happen, I'll, I'll look at it very seriously and I'll likely we'll probably find a way we can, we can compromise on it. Um, but I don't think it's necessary because we don't, we don't have a problem of uh, pregnant women suddenly in the 39th week all of a sudden wanting an abortion for no reason. I, I just don't see that being a crisis of, that we're facing right now. That's how I would communicate it. Now, yeah. what I think is happening is uh, these candidates, I don't know if it's because of poll data or focus group data or whatever, I mean, this is clearly a memo that's going around because they all are using the same kind of language. Yeah, and, and that's part um, of what bothers me about it is that obviously this is a phony, baloney, rehearsed talking point that, and that just aesthetically and temperamentally also annoys me, which is, by the way, one of the reasons that, you know, I got into that big fight on CNN a few years ago when I talked about the mob that was coming in to try to chase Ted Cruz out of Fiola. <laughs> and I'm guessing there had been some sort of memo that went out that don't let them call it a mob. I wasn't spouting a talking point, but apparently that was like a right-wing talking point that the right had handed down, like call this a mob. And then there must've been some prime directive in the other direction. Don't let them, you know, don't let them, whatever you do, don't let them call it. I just, I hate these um, central command <laughs> talking points where people uh, are just spouting things that they that don't really even make sense. Well, my, my, sounds good unless you think about it. Well, there, uh, there are a lot of talking points in this universe that that work that way. Republicans are not averse to using yeah. them when it wins in their favor. Once my again, guess, they should take your advice, though. I think the, the, the answer you gave is actually better than the answer they gave. Well, it's it's more it's more detailed and and um, honest. Uh, I mean, I don't want to use that. I don't want to say that. Uh, but a lot of times in debates, and it's one of the reasons why I probably would not be a very good politician on a debate stage, is giving the nuanced answer often isn't isn't helpful. Uh, and because people only see the clips. Yeah. I imagine there's there's probably been a fair amount of research done on this, at least for this election cycle when it's right on the heels of the Dobbs decision and Republicans are imposing more extreme bans in several states, the Democrats aren't finding they have to play defense on the late-term abortion question. They certainly did, you know, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but they may not have to do that right now. Right. And, and once you get into oh. the weeds of it, do they, risk, do they risk upsetting someone who's a diehard pro-choicer and and deflating the base vote, and, yeah. they, and they and they don't have to uh, since the swing they're not, they're not going to lose a swing over that formulation. Yeah, no, that's what it is. They're playing to their base, just like the right does, and that's my problem because and I this is I, I don't want this to just be about me um, because again I I do not think that that my what I care about is is represent representative of the electorate, but again. It'd be nice to have a party that is a sane mainstream party that doesn't believe doesn't believe in um, in coups and also doesn't like infanticide. I mean, can we have a party that? Well, again, that, I, I, I don't you know, know, but I don't think you have Democrats actively promoting infanticide. I mean, the argument is they're just okay with it. You, I mean, they're you, not actively you, no, promoting no, it. I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll concede that. The argument yeah. is you you don't you don't need 
complex regulations around late term abortions because they're not being used to to, to kill babies. Uh, they're being used for medically complicated situations. But they're, but they're okay with, I mean, they're okay with abortion, you know, early on, like in the first trimester. They're okay with abortion in, in the middle, you know, and they're not willing to say that at the end. Is, so they're basically, they're not willing to say there should be any limits at all to this. Whereas I, I'm I, very I pro-life. Think th- there'll probably be a point in our periodic abortion debates where you will find Democrats more willing to talk about late-term parameters. I just don't think they feel it is politically necessary for them to talk about it right now, considering the the moment that we're in. That is that is my guess. All right, um, I've, hija- I've hijacked the discussion. So <laughs> why don't you take us take us to a different well, point? Here, well, here's another, here's another interesting... So I, I have a piece of a real clear politics went up today about two governor's races that are, that are a little under the radar, perhaps are getting a little bit above the radar now. Uh, Oregon and Oklahoma, two states that no one thought were going to be, you know, uh, toss-up races. Uh, and, you know, Oregon's a little more easy to see what's going on because you have a three-way race. You have a right-leaning Democrat who bro- broke away from the party running as an independent and is leading the Democratic vote. And Lane, the Republican candidate, who is a pretty conservative candidate, this is not a this is not like a, a Charlie Baker Northeast moderate. Uh, she, this is Christine uh, Drazen. She's winning pretty much every poll, not by a lot, but consistently winning with the Democratic vote being split. Uh, and that Democratic vote's being split in large part because of crime concerns. Here's a state where crime is pulling a lot higher. Uh, Particularly centered around Portland. Portland's been very unruly for a long time. A lot of um, uh, an- anarchic protesters, uh, homeless encampments, uh, drug overdoses. Uh, so, uh, and, and and Democrats have been in charge of Oregon for decades. They've they've had they've had the governor's seat since uh, I think '86. Uh, Democrats obviously run run Portland. Now, I think into all this in the piece, you know, what's what is complicated is, you know, Portland's mayor is actually fairly moderate. He beat a far left candidate in the last last election. Uh, he's not a defund the police. Sir. In fact, and I, I believe they've raised their police budget recently, um, uh, but they still haven't gotten a handle on uh, on, on the situation. Uh, and I think a lot of the attack ads on the Democratic uh, Tina, Tina Kotek are are hyperbolic or flat and untrue. But the sentiment, the concern is so palpable that, I mean, here, here, here's, a, here's an example. So the, the independent uh, Betsy Johnson has an ad. Uh, and I keep in mind, Betsy Johnson was first bankrolled by uh, Nike chair emeritus Phil Knight. Uh, and then when Johnson was kind of stalling out at 16 to 20%, he said, ah, screw Betsy Johnson. I was going to give my money to the Republican now because I just hate the Democrats. Um, but Johnson is still putting most of her energy into attacking the Democrat, Tina Kotek. So, so there's an ad. It features a mother of someone who died of an opioid overdose uh, saying in a very you know, heartfelt way uh, that uh, Tina Kotek uh, passed the law that legalized hard drugs, heroin, fentanyl, uh, meth. 
we can't have that in your vote, Mr. Johnson. Now, there is a law in Oregon that has largely decriminalized hard drugs. Uh, but it was a voter-approved referendum. It wasn't Tina Kotek in the back rooms making it happen. It won by referendum just two years ago by a very large margin. Uh, and uh, the idea of it was, and this is a pretty bold law, I grant, but the idea was let's stop treating this like a criminal problem and start treating it like a public health problem and put and invest big resources into uh, addiction treatment, uh, uh, recovery, and so forth. Uh, that money has been slow to come online. And so, so there's a lot of folks across the spectrum complaining about the implementation of this, including the Democrats. Democrats said, look, this, is, this might be too slow to get, to get out the door. Uh, I, would, I would fix that problem. Um, whereas Johnson and the Republicans, Drazen want to repeal the law altogether, but they can't repeal it arbitrarily. It would have to go back to referendum. And there's a, a poll that was just taken last month saying the board members still like the law. It's still the same level of support that it had when it passed two years ago. Now, I'm not saying that's the end of the story because obviously crime is an issue here. Uh, but the ad doesn't remotely tell that whole story. It just says that Tina Kotek, you know, doesn't care about drug overdoses. Uh, and so that's making things hard for the Democrats there. But it does, it does expose this weakening of the Democratic coalition, the majority coalition in the Oregon Democratic Party. In Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, who is, this is a guy who's like a DeSantis, a Greg Abbott, you know, full abortion ban, no COVID restrictions, um, even recently uh, is denying state money to hospitals that perform medical procedures for transgender minors. I mean, doing all the stuff that you think Republicans just love. And you have three polls now where the Democrat, Joy Hoffmeister, is leading that just came out in the past week, three in a row. No, none of the three, no recent poll was stood ahead. Uh, and so you kind of go, go what's, going, what's going on here? Uh, and like, I don't in think Oklahoma, that's Oklahoma, right? It was like one of, if, I mean, West Virginia's in the hunt too, but I think Oklahoma was maybe the biggest Bush state, bigger than Texas, maybe even. Oklahoma's a very Republican state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, Texas is kind of purple. You know, it has big blue cities with yeah. Houston and Dallas and Austin and San Antonio. I think um, when, when it comes to Trump, it was like West Virginia, Wyoming, and Oklahoma are might be among the uh, the Trumpiest states. So, so what's going on here? I, I, I don't. I would not put abortion high up on the list, but the Democrat is. You know, she she says. I'm personally pro-life, but we need to have abortion available for people who want it. So she's effectively pro-choice. Um, now, she is been elected statewide twice as the state superintendent of schools. She won both those races as a Republican. She only switched parties last year. Uh, and she is uh, she's hitting stit on corruption. There was a scandal earlier in the year involving uh, an inappropriate uh, a state parks department contract to a restaurateur, and the, the tourism board resigned in, in disgrace. Uh, and there have been a lot of ads about that. Uh, and the Hofmeister ads just talk sort of generally, I'm tired of the extremes. 
I'm tired of pitting neighbor against neighbor. She doesn't get into abortion specifically or transgender issues specifically, um, but she just talks, she talks more abstract about it. Uh, and someone who's Oklahoma, you know, born and bred, has, has a name ID in the state, having run before, and to take these polls at face value, it's working. And stick the stick campaign is working because they started to run negative ads against Hoffmeister. Uh, so, uh, and to go back to Oregon for a second, look, you know, Drazen is very conservative, was in the state legislature, was was kind of a Mitch McConnell type, very obstructionist. Uh, but in a recent debate, said, uh, in all likelihood, I'm going to be working with the Democratic legislature. I'm your own, the only way you're going to get some compromise is with a Republican governor. So she's playing a bipartisan card, even though she doesn't emphasize it as much as the independent Betsy Johnson does. Uh, again, I and I can't say either one of these races is going to actually flip. I mean, very possible in the home stretch, you know, base voters come home. Uh, but the fact that it's close at all, I think, is evidence that you do have an appetite for bipartisanship and moderation, even in these deep red, deep blue states. And I'm not saying it's the only data points here, because obviously DeSantis could well win in Florida. It's not like you can't win by being a diehard. But I think to it's very possible that we're going to come away with this election looking at the totality of the data saying, you know what, there is a middle here. A middle still exists. And if, and, and if you're going to snub it, you're taking a risk. And I'm stuck in the middle with you, Bill. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Speaking of the middle, I, uh, so I wrote a piece at The Beast about Ben Sass leaving. You know, he's, he's apparently going to go be the president of the University of Florida. Probably going to make a lot more money, probably around like a million bucks. I think members of Congress get paid about 174000 a year. Although Ben Sass made a lot of money from book revenue as well. Um, <clears throat> but whatever the case may be, I, I took it as an opportunity to talk about how like during the Trump era, this whole generation of what people thought might be conservative rising stars were either sort of co-opted and discredited or just got out of politics altogether. So like Bobby Jindal, I don't even know what he's doing. Um, Scott Walker, I think, is running Young Americans for Freedom. Um, obviously, Ben Sass is going to uh, to be a college president, university president. And then, of course, you've got people like the Marco Rubios and and Nikki Haley's and Ted Cruz who have sort of beclowned themselves. Um, but you know, this was considered 2016 was considered this really strong field of young rising stars. And then you had people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger who've been chased out of politics, at least for now, uh, not out of politics, but out of electoral office, out of the Republican Party, I should say. Um, chased out's the wrong word. Knocked out is in the case of Liz Cheney, uh, but she's very tough. I'm not I'm not dissing Liz Cheney. I, I, I have a lot of admiration for her toughness. Um, and then people like Justin Amash. So, yeah. It, I think, I mean, it's in a way, it's just an obvious point and, it, and it's not um, it's not anything super profound. But I do think it's probably underrated, underappreciated how like Donald Trump didn't just sort of come in and become president. He has destroyed a generation 
kind of the Gen X generation um, of of up and coming conservative stars who were pretty diverse. And, you know, Bobby Jindal, Nikki Haley, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, somewhat diverse, young. Um, Paul Ryan, I think, could be on the list. And these are people who, by and large, were like Reagan conservatives who talked about things like human flourishing and the right to rise. And that has all been either co-opted or destroyed and replaced by, you know, Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, Carrie Lake, Ron DeSantis. um, And, you know, who's the guy in Arizona? Masters. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how it's going to shake out, but I think it's kind of an underrated story. What say you? well, I mean, I wouldn't just put every person you named in this in this bucket, but uh, certainly a generation of policy-minded conservatives have been kicked to the curb. You know, the Trump mantra is that you know you, you don't win on you know ten point plans; you win on on bravado and uh, culture war, culture war, owning the libs, all that kind of stuff, uh, and you maintain your base loyalty by not just thumbing your nose at the media, but at the basic notion of democratic systems and accepting uh, accepting outcomes that don't, that don't don't come your way, um, which is all you know radical ways to, to saying these people are basically authoritarians. Um, so if you don't want that, if if you want the Republican Party to be a policy oriented democratic party, you have to, you have to get the authoritarians out. You you have to stand up to that. Uh, And even these, these policy, these, these policy minded Republicans were bad at that. They, they did not mean with the lone exception of Liz Cheney, they didn't. And and a few others in the, in the house, the Kingslinger, um, they did not stand up to it. They were mealy-mouthed about it. Um, and maybe they whined occasionally here and there, like Ben well, Sapp. And, and, and Cheney and Kinzinger went along with Trump until January 6th, basically. Yeah, I mean, but at least they, 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 they found their limit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, maybe, maybe they were late, but they found it. Uh, uh, so uh, others just slunk away quietly like Ben Sass. I'll go, I'll, I'll go make yeah. some money. Or, or someone I didn't even put in my piece is Elise Stefanik who went the other way. Right. Right. I mean, just, just bought in, you know? Yeah. And you know, here, and here's another case of somebody, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we can attribute to this, but if you know, Chuck Grassley now apparently is in a dog fight in Iowa, I mean, just one poll, but it's a seltzer poll, which everyone treats as gospel in Iowa. And then I'm, I'm, I think I respect and seltzer completely. I've just, I just don't treat any pollster as being perfect. Yeah. So I think it's possible that this is overstating the case, or even if it is three points, four six forty three, that those undecideds will go Grassley's way. And- his his opponent has outraised him, right? In the last in the last quarter, though, their quarter, cash okay. on, their cash on hand is comparable. So I mean, it'll be Mike Frank and the Democrat will be able to run his race. He's not going to swamp Grassley on the air, but if you he can run his race, uh, and it seems like. The primary reason that this is competitive is that Chuck Grassley is 89 years old. He is nine years older than Joe Biden. He would be 95 if he survived this whole term. Now he would that wouldn't break the record. There are people who have been older, and Grassley seems to be in okay shape. Like I'm, I'm not, I've not been aged about Joe Biden, and I wouldn't. I think he, why, I mean, I think Chuck Grassley goes to all 99 counties every yeah, year. Yeah, you know, he something he, like that. He, he he puts in the work. Uh, but 
he also is someone who I think has always wanted to be seen as bipartisan, policy-oriented. I mean, I think um, Steve Dennis at Bloomberg notes that, you know, there are all sorts of bills that get passed with when Grassley's on board and all sorts of bills that, that don't pass when you don't. Um, so I mean, he does try, but he certainly hasn't tried as hard as he possibly could and has, and has certainly said some Trumpy things to try to serve I me. Mean, Iowa is a very weird state. It went like plus nine Obama to plus nine Trump. It's, I think it's the widest swing of any state, which, of course, might make you think, well, I guess we're Trumpy now, so let's go be Trumpy. But maybe Iowa is just weird. Maybe Iowa is just maybe Iowa oh, is still definitely swing. weird. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Mike Franken is kind of... <clears throat> gruff and crusty like Chuck Grassley. You know, he's not he's he's not some college educated soy boy. So he might just be the right fit uh for well, Iowa. Let me, but let me tell you let me tell you a quick a quick Iowa story. Um my first so my first job in in DC politics, I was putting working at this great organization in my opinion called the Leadership Institute. And we were going around the country putting on um these campaign schools effectively. But at this time, instead of, you know, instead of like work, working, it's a nonprofit organization, but instead of working with like conservative organizations to sort of pick when we were going to go where, we just, this is before I came on, but they were just unilaterally picking cities and dates to go. And my first job, the first recruiting job I had was, uh, it was like Des Moines or Ames or something, Iowa. And my job was to get candidates and, and activists to show up at this seminar. And I start calling out, remember, I'm from Western Maryland. I start calling out to Iowa, you know, talking to conservative activists and leaders. And uh, it would be like, they would tell me like, well, that's, that's awesome that you're coming out here, but that's the day of the pork expo. And I'm like, <laughs> Pork Expo. Like, I never said this, but like, why are you telling me this? Like, we're doing a campaign school and you're telling me about some pork expo? Like, that's completely irrelevant. But like, literally, everyone I called was like, yeah, it's just really bad timing. We'll do what we can, but uh, the, the pork expo is that dad. And I'm like, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? And then, of course, eventually I found out that, like, the Pork Expo is this huge political event. I think, like, Bush was there and, you know, Liddy Dole was there and, like, everybody was there. And we still managed to get, like, 24 students at the uh, uh, Des Moines Holiday Inn, as I recall. But it was it was very difficult sledding. Why did they plan that day? I'll never you got, know. You got, you got to know your state. Know um, your state. But uh, just to, to go back to the, the, Trumpy, the Trumpy point. Uh, I, I think if you are a pro-democracy Republican who does not want to see Trump dominate the party going forward, you should be trying to stop Kerry Lake. Like Kerry Lake is like like DeSantis. I mean, one DeSantis is almost a done deal, so you can't stop him. And I, oh, and I right? just, that's news. That's newsworthy. You're you're conceding that DeSantis I, is going to win. I, I have zero evidence to suggest otherwise. You I mean I you know I thought early on that maybe. He would have overstepped. And you know, there was a political profile of DeSantis that had some uh, some Republicans saying, you know, dude, DeSantis is getting a little too big for his britches here. He's he's really playing with fire. Not that they think he was going to lose, but just that he was doing stuff. He was going farther than he had to that might bite him 
in the ass down the line. But, you know, the cash advantage is insane. Um, there's no poll where I think it's even closer than, you know, four or five. As I've said to you as I said recently, we have no example of an incumbent governor losing re-election in the last 10 years with a lead bigger than 2.5 points. And that was Matt Bevin, who had 2.5 in Kentucky uh, and still lost. Uh, so until I see someone within 2.5, I'm not going to take that as a real pickup opportunity. Um, and you know, Chris, I'm not sure the hurricane didn't help either. Uh, so so yeah. is it so Trump's run? If if Carrie Lake wins, Trump's running mate will be Carrie Lake, Elise Stefanik, or Tulsi Gabbard. Go. Uh, I you know I I think Trump will be very intrigued with a Tulsi Gabbard VP. I think he would like the optics of that. Because so Tulsi Dem. She was, a, she was a, one. One, she was a Dem, so she and she prosecutes the Dems are too woke case with a veneer of credibility for that reason. Um, uh, woman of color, very telegenic, very good on TV. You know, you, you know, she, I, I essential casting is what Trump would say. You know, uh, now of course, Carrie Lake is at essential casting too. She's, is she a woman of color? Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I don't know. I don't see color, Bill. I mean, she's, she's from Hawaii, right? I, I don't she's, know. She's, she's Samoan. Is she? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um, and she, and she and very, you know, looks great. Tan. I don't know. Uh, and she has, she'll, she's Hindu, though. She's from a certain Hindu sect, but she, she would be the first Hindu you know, vice president. Um, uh, I think she, she, might, she might have South Asian heritage. Um so forgive me if I don't have it exactly right, but she's she's definitely a person of color. Um, okay. uh, uh, so uh, now Tulsi just recently announced, I believe the Democratic Party, as if anybody cared, as if she ever had any real you know uh, base in the Democratic Party at this point, and now she's camp- campaigning for Bullduck in New Hampshire, uh, and it's and, and it's one of the Republicans she's 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 stepping forward yeah. now, and now Carrie Lake. Like in bold, like I can, I can kind of see because she is this neo isolationist American firster type, and Bolduck's in that camp. So I, uh, they're both military vets. So I can sort of see why she would do it, even though it's a losing battle. Carrie Lake, like there, there's nothing in Carrie Lake's issue set that has any overlap with what Tulsi Gabbard's voting record or rhetorical set of issues has been. So the only reason I can think that you would wade into that race, and it's, it's not like Katie Hobbs is like the most wokest Democrat running for office here. You know, she's a pretty just generic Democrat. Um, uh, I could only think you would do that if you're trying to get in good with Trump uh, and say and show to Trump, you know, I'm all in on your Republican Party. So uh, Bill Scher says that the front runner now for for Trump's Veep is Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, I'm I'm probably I'm probably getting ahead of myself and saying something like that. I, I I think Tulsi is doing it with that in mind. That's my guess. Uh, and you know, I I put I put that up on Twitter, and some people thought you know Carol Lake's going to be the VP, of course. And, and you know, I, again, I'm not I can't be a mind reader here, but just what little I know of Carrie Lake, seeing her in action in the past few weeks. I don't think she's a number two kind of person. Uh, so if she won, I think she'd be, I think she'd be happy being the foot soldier in uh, 
warping the Arizona election to give Trump the electoral votes and perhaps he had perhaps abetted by a Republican Secretary of State, Mark Fincham, if he wins that race. Um, I think she'd be happier playing that role and then running herself in four years than being Trump's number two now. Although, of course, she could be she could run Trump number two and, you know, not have to step down. Um, I still think so here's, more- the, here's the other question. Who's going to be Trump's Veep running mate in 2028? <laughs> <laughs> Will that be Stefanik? Does she get a shot at this? I mean, I, I don't see what Stefanik really brings to the table, quite frankly. Um, but but if you're a pro-democracy Republican, you should be going to Arizona and saying Carrie Lake is an authoritarian. Mark Fincham is a cancer on democracy. We cannot have this. We, we cannot have our party stand by this. I know Katie Hobbs is meh. So what? We can live with four years of Katie Hobbs and beat her in four years uh, with 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 the same person, Carrie Lake. I mean, this is like this is literally like Huey Long territory with Carrie Lake. She should scare the bejesus out of everybody. And on that note, uh, we're we're gonna try, Bill. It's it's not official yet, but we're gonna try to do a DM Zoom, uh, maybe this week uh, between now and the midterms. And we're going to try to do a uh, uh, a Halloween DMZ. We won't say our costumes, but I guess the week before Halloween, we're going to be in costume. So stay tuned for that. And uh, do what you can to help Bill get that uh, adapter at patreon.com slash Bill Share. I'm Make not even going to plug mine this week. We need to do something about this sound. <laughs> Um, well, how much, how much is an adapter? What, 10, 10 bucks? <laughs> I think it might be a little more, than that, but yeah, someone could, if someone shipped in 10 bucks right For now. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can give me a USB I adapter. Look, are you supposed to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, thank you, Bill, for doing it a little early this week out of our rhythm, but I think it was a pretty good show. I, I think we ended very strong. With, I want to say, uh, with you comparing Carrie Lake to Huey Long, I think was solid. <laughs> I want Anything to say one other thing about. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, 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 I'm not saying this is a toss up category yet, but I am keeping my eye on South Dakota. Uh, Democrat Jimmy Smith there, I think, was the most recent poll, had him four points behind, I want to say, um, which is not quite close enough for me to really take it too seriously. But, you know, Nome barely won the last time around. That was a four point race, I think four years ago. So uh, I'd keep an eye on South Dakota to see if that gets a little tighter. Very interesting. All right. Um, check out Matt Lewis in the News podcast. Check out my column at The Beast and uh, check us out here next week in the DMZ. I'll check out my, I'm, my piece on Katie Hobbs and the debates is up at Watch the Monthly. Oh, yeah. Um, so so that, as well as my Real Clear on Oklahoma and Oregon. Awesome. All right. See you next week. Thank you. Take care.